Well, you know, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up singing this song. And I had never sung it before. And I said, really? Lord, that's the song you want me to sing. A friend of mine wrote this, and I think it's a powerful song, but I'd never sung it before. And I said, you know, I'm not feeling well, Lord. I don't have any voice. don't have the band this morning, so I'm out on a, I'm a, I'm on a deserted island. But the Lord laid on my heart that somebody needed to hear this song, so I hope it's a blessing. think no one knows the pain in your heart that you tried not to show but it's been there so long that it's hard to hold on to your joy and you need the joy there is a hope when the Lord reaches out and some answers to trade for your doubt when you've tried all you can there's only one thing to do let the healing begin it's time for your heart to Let the healing begin. Sometimes we go on with life, but we don't understand why things have happened the way that they have. And our heart keeps on yearning for love that keeps turning away, so far away. But the Lord has a plan to make sense of it all. He's listening closely, if only you'll call when you've tried by yourself. Jesus is waiting to help. He wants to help. Let the healing begin. It's time for your heart to mend. Your hope has been gone. You're fighting alone. A battle Time the pain has to end. 
shout for the hand of a friend. Let the healing begin. This time the pain has to end. Reach out for the hand of a friend. Let the Now you got to turn this. Okay, it's on. God is good. I, uh, <laughs> testy. <laughs> My ADD will kick in. I won't know which way to go in a minute. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was driving by Bobby and Heather's house. They live out there by me. I got to meet Bobby at uh, Denny's. He worked at Denny's. He's the only man I knew that knew the whole, whole menu. He said, what are you having tonight? And I would tell him, and, and he would say, oh, he would never look, he never write anything. He knew the whole menu, and I just thought, man, that's just fascinating that this guy has, has studied this thing to show himself approved, and he was a good waiter at the time. That's all I knew was he was a good waiter. And then his wife worked there too, correct? <laughs> Didn't you work there? At the one in Splendor. And I, and I got to meet her, and they were, they were going, they weren't married yet. They were going to another church. And one day Bobby called me and said, uh, I'm getting married, and would you marry us? And I said, man, I, I'd be honored. we got to do some counseling and things, but let's talk and visit. And I, how long have you all been married now? Going on two years. I, I, they've been together, amen. <clears throat> they've been together for two years. But it's their backstory that makes the difference. A lot of people come through those back doors and they say, Pastor, I want to give my testimony. Pastor, I want to give my testimony. Pastor, I want to give my testimony. And I listen and I pray and I seek and I listen to the Holy Spirit. And then I watch. I've seen them come through the fire. Just like a lot of you have come through the fire. And I see them standing on the promises of the Lord and the promises that are found in His book, the Bible. And they love God with all their heart. Bobby and Heather, I want you to come. They're going to come and give a testimony of their life this morning. Give them a round of applause, guys. Amen. Take Mary's. You take Janice so you don't spill all over. Thank you, Pastor Mark. I'm going to let her go first. Good morning. I'll start off with how I was raised in a broken home. I had no contact with my biological father. 
My mother was an amazing woman of God, but she just always attracted the type of men that she thought she could help. My mom met Ben, which was a big drug dealer in the town we lived in. One day, Ben took it upon himself to punish me. In the midst of that punishment, he wound up breaking my arm. He went to prison for it. While he was in there, he became saved. When he got out, him and my mother got married. This was the start of a very verbal abusive relationship between him and I. I was raised in church. We were there every time the doors opened. However, a relationship with God, I did not have. When I moved out of the house, I dove into drugs, alcohol, you name it, I was doing it. On that side of the fence, I experienced everything from cooking dope to living in crack houses to eating out of dumpsters, sleeping on the street. During all of this, I gave my kids to their biological father. He was not much better off than I. My excuse to him was take them so I can get on my feet. But realistically, it was so I could continue my life. I met Bobby while living that lifestyle. Shortly after, we moved to Texas and started to clean our life up one drug at a time. I can't explain just how sovereign our God is. He orchestrated my life to be the woman the mother, the wife that I am today. Amen. This just got a little more real. My kids just walked in the door. Because of God's grace and faithfulness, I am nine years without meth. It's only God. Five years completely sober from anything. What should have been a very expensive knockdown drag out in court to get my kids back wound up being God intervening and he showed me mercy and just gave me my kids back. I didn't, we didn't even have to fight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. After we got the kids back, we got married a year later. I'm sorry, we got married. A year later, which was just last year, we thought we were going through a divorce. So I thought. But once again, what God has put together, let no man tear apart. Our marriage is now stronger and God-centered like never before. I thank God for the valleys and the refining seasons because he is the master craftsman and everything I've been through works together for his good. As for Ben, my stepdad, God has restored our relationship 
neither one of us has ever expected it to have such a healthy father-daughter relationship. In fact, what God has done in both of us blows my mind. We were both ate up with hate and anger my whole childhood and into my adulthood. But God has made beauty out of ashes, and I cherish my dad. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't she amazing? Okay, it's my turn. Well, let's start off by saying uh, my mom and dad, they divorced before my first birthday. And she remarried soon after. So I didn't ever really get to see my dad much. The Whenever last time I seen him, I was like four or five years old. And then he went to prison. The next time I seen him, I was 11 years old. And one night he knocked on the door. And it was, I was just, I mean, I was in shock, I guess. And I said, Mom, it's my dad. Well, we, we were together for six or so months. And uh, then just like the first knock, another knock came on the door. This, this time, he was there to say goodbye. And he was just leaving and not coming back. The fact of the matter is, he was on the run and he had to leave. Uh, so then um, he said, last thing he said to me is, boy, you say sorry to me when I speak to you. And uh, I said, well, Dad... You always told me to say, sir, people I respect. That's the last time I ever spoke to my father. The next morning, my mom told me that my dad was in New Canaan in Arbor Oaks, and a man was shot and killed him. And that's where my, my I feel like my life escalated downhill from there. I was angry with myself and angry with him. Uh, I started getting in trouble a lot. I started smoking cigarettes and smoking pot. The first time I went to jail, I was 12 years old and I lived in California. I got a arrested for burglary of a habitat for 86 houses. And, uh, but my mom's, my mom's idea of solving problems was running from them. So we ran back to Texas. I got in trouble here a lot more. Went back to jail for different things. Then we moved to Georgia, and I went to church as soon as I got there and went on mission tours and things. And But soon after that, my next-door neighbor was the biggest meth dealer in the whole state, so he gave me a job. And uh, I used to run drugs for him all the time and for years, four or five years straight, and then he went on the run. Police caught up with him, and uh, – I took a charge for him, and I went to jail then, but I had just turned 18, so now I'm an adult with a felony. Uh, that went on for a while, and then the next the next year, my best friend that lived with me, we were together, and this is the first time I feel like God really intervened in my life, which I know he intervened for my whole life. But uh, I asked my friend, I said, hey, let me ride with you today. He's like, no, man, uh, I don't have a good feeling about you riding. Just stay here. 
Well, as soon as he left, he went and burglarized somebody's house, and they all came home, and he killed the whole family. And uh, I seen him later that day, and he was so high on drugs. He, I mean, he told me, he said, I don't even know what I did. I don't even remember. The last thing I remember is the day before when me and you were hanging out. And uh, so, you know, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations investigated me for that for four days and questioned me, accused me of it, said I was involved. So that, uh, so after that, my life got really hard where I lived at because of the police. So I went back and forth to jail for years. I went, I've been to prison three times. Last time I was in prison, I did five years. I got out of prison and went right back into the meth life, selling drugs. Selling meth was my life. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't just something I did for recreation. That's all I knew every day of my life. Ever since I was 13 years old, all I knew how to do was sell dope. So then one night, I was waiting for a friend to come pick me up, and they came pick me up, and this beautiful lady was in the, was in the back seat. <laughs> And that's when God brought us together. And that's before I even thought about God. All I thought about was making money ever. So then we we went back and forth. We lived together for about a year in Georgia. And then one day we decided that we were both tired of this lifestyle. And I think we were praying about it without praying about it to the Lord. He heard He heard our prayers and... The next morning, we woke up, threw all the dope out, and we ain't done meth since. A week later, probably about a week or no, maybe two months later, we moved back to Texas. And this is how I think God works, because I'm from Texas, and she was born in Texas and ain't never been here. <laughs> so I brought her home. Uh... You know, we we had struggles since then, financial struggles and stuff, crappy jobs here and there, just trying to get on our feet. And now it's been what eight years we've been back here. And we struggled, and I temptation almost took my family from me last year. And so, the enemy is a thief in the night. He'll come overnight, take everything you yeah. own. So, but. Saying that, now, we, as she said, we are closer to God than we've ever been. I just want to thank you, for Pastor Mark, for being an amazing leader. Thank your wife. And I want to thank everybody in this church for, you know, being vessels for the Lord. If you're a vessel for the Lord, keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. And, uh, but, yeah, because there ain't no triumph unless you got trials. But I just want to thank you all very much. Praise God. Give them a round of applause, guys. Bless you guys. Praise God. The same thing that God did for Bobby and Heather, he can do for you. He can do for your marriage. He can do for your finances. Bobby's got one of the best jobs he's ever had in his life. He's providing now for his family. They're on their way. Their kids are serving God. 
Let me ask you something this morning. I'm not going to preach very long, but if you look at the backdrop behind me, it says, only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, and a trial into a triumph, a victim into a victor. It takes a lot to get this big old boy to cry before Christ. I stopped crying at 14. My tears were with you because I know it's God who saved you and set you free. And God will save you and set you free. I want to ask you something. Have you ever went through something and just knew that there was no way that something good could come out of this? There's no way possible anything good can come out of this. Can I tell you something this morning? That is usually how God works. He can take our mess and turn it into a message. He can take our mess and he can create this beautiful life out of it. He gives us a test and he creates a testimony. He can give us a trial and he can turn it into a triumph. There are many times when bad things happen to good people. We can't explain it. But God has a plan. God has a plan. We can't explain it, but he has a plan. Even when we feel there's no way out from our own doing, if we'll learn to trust God, he'll get us out. He'll get us out. I put myself in plenty of bad places. I've done plenty of bad things in my life. Can I let you in on a secret for all you that are looking up here and maybe this is your first time here and you've never experienced anything like this before? Nobody's perfect, not even you. Even when we feel there's no way out, even by our own doing, God knows the way out. And if we'll learn to trust him, he'll show us the way out. Why would you just trust God for your eternal salvation, but you don't trust him in every area of your life? I love what they said. We woke up and we threw the drugs out. We woke up and said there's something better out there. There's a story in the Bible found in John of a woman at the well. I want you to go to John 4 with me this morning. Got my Bible? John 4. Got my Bible? John 4, verse 9. There's a story in the Bible, and we're going to get into that for just a second, but why would you trust God for your eternity, but not trust Him for your day-to-day -day living? That's a question I have for you today, because God wants your whole heart. Todd Jordan, God wants your whole heart. He wants Rachel's whole heart. And we all have testimonies. Me and Mary's got one, Johnny's got one, Carl Sarah's got one. Uh, so, some of the beautifulest Christian people that you know today, they started out either in a mess or as a victim. One way or another, they had to triumph over a trial. They had to get through the test that God had put them through. Even the Bible talks about Job and all the stuff that Job do, but Job never done that. He was a righteous man, a good man. And God put him through a test. God wants your whole heart he doesn't want half your heart. I'm asking you this morning, are you ready to give him your full heart? There's a story in the Bible I want to go over with you this morning. It's found in John 4, verse 9. It's about the woman of the well who gave her whole heart to the Lord. Are you ready to see your life change this morning? I bet you whatever the devil throws at Bobby and Heather is nothing what they've already had to overcome. 
They look back over their trials. They look back over their mess and they say, if we can get through that, we can get through anything. Does anybody ever say that? If I can get over alcoholism, I can get over anything. If I can get over cussing, if I can get over prison, if I can get over the way I used to be, I can get through anything. Are you ready to give him your whole heart this morning? Are you ready to see your life change in every way? John 4 verse 9 says this. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew. Say if you only knew. <laughs> God is good. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 11 says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than your ancestor Jacob who gave us the well? How can you offer better water than we have through his son and his cattle employed? Jesus replied in verse 13, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them takes away thirst altogether. It's because it's living spring. It's living spring within them, giving them eternal life. And just like Bobby and Heather and just like Pastor Mark and just like some of you, she said, please, sir. The woman said, please, sir, give me some of this water or I'll never thirst again. And I won't have to come here to haul water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. Now, Jesus is talking to her. Sir, the woman says, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is that that you Jew insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship while we Samaritans claiming here on Mount Gerziah where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father here in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know so little about the one you worship while, <coughs> while he Jews know all about them for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Now I'm done. Listen. But the time is coming and it is already here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for anyone who will worship Him in that way. For God is a spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Several years ago, I, I made a bunch of poor choices. I, I, I done so many bad things in my life, and uh, I, I worked so hard at changing my life. I I worked very diligently of, of moving away from the guy I used to be. I thought, well, I, I had all this to overcome as a child, all this to overcome as a youth, all this to overcome. That If I can just run from my past, if I can just run from my mistakes, if I can just take off, I, I, I wanted to be, I, I want you to get this, I wanted to become something that I wasn't in order to become something that I wasn't. 
You get that? I wanted to become something that I wasn't. I wanted to be successful in people's eyes, but I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have a relationship with God. So I was trying to be something other than what I was. But I wasn't nothing without God. So I worked hard to change. I never spoke about my abuse as a child. Like she was talking about a broken arm. I had a broken life too. But I never spoke about it. I ran from it. I didn't want anybody to know about it. But God can take your mess and turn it into a message. I worked very hard to change and never spoke about my child abuse, my mistakes as a youth, my time in prison, for I didn't want anyone to know. When I got out, they handed me $200, and I said, I'm done. I'm changing my life. No one will ever know about this. I was broken, but just like the woman at the well, God wants to take my brokenness and your brokenness and show the world that he can fix it. Who believes that this morning, that he can fix it? Whatever you're up against this morning, that he can fix it. He wants to fix it. He don't only want to fix it, Johnny Jordan. He wants to put it on display for the whole world to see. He wants you to tell your testimonies. He wants you to get in people's face and say, you know what? I had an abortion too. It was the worst decision I ever made in my life. But God redeemed me. God forgave me. Now I've got three kids. I don't believe in abortion. I've made a mistake. And I know if you're walking into this clinic, it's a mistake and you'll regret it forever. Let me pray with you before you make this decision. Oh, you want to stick a needle in your arm? I stuck several hundred needles in my arm. I lost everything because of that needle. I was at the Valero the other day. I was pumping gas in my big truck, and I looked over. I, 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 I usually mind my own business. No, not, not really sometimes. <laughs> and some guy was doing this. I wanted so much to say, dude, you're ruining your life. You're ruining your life. You know, I was thinking about it today. I was broken. Some of you came in here broken this morning. God can take our brokenness and fix it. You know, there's nothing you can do with an egg till it's broken. You can't do anything with an egg until you break it. God wants to take your brokenness and do something with it this morning. You can't do anything with an egg until it's broken. God knows what we need in order for us to turn our lives back to him. God knew if he could pull me out of my circumstances that he could put my life on display. I'm so glad my life is on display. Am I perfect? No, nobody's perfect. There was only one perfect person. It's Jesus. But he can take all the times I was a victim, all the times I had trials come against me, all the times you had tests come against you, the mess that you got yourself in, and God can turn it around for his glory and for his purpose. I wanted to hide my past. But God wanted to redeem it. He paid the cost for my sins and your sins. I wanted to hide my mistakes. But God wanted to put them on display for the whole world to see. No grave could hold him. When you ask God to forgive you, he forgives you. He says, I put your sins as far away from the east as it is to the west. Never to bring it up again. God is a forgiving God and a loving God. And no matter what you've done or where you've been. God will forgive you. It takes guts. It takes guts to go into some place and say, you know what? I ain't always been this guy standing before you. But God got a hold of me. You think that took guts? 
took a lot of guts. You know why he drives my golf cart around with them crazy glasses on looking all crazy? Because he got guts. He's not afraid to say, you know what? And if somebody comes and they get on his golf cart and they look broken, Bobby put his arm around him. God wants you and I to put our arm around the broken because we were broken once too. And what the problem with this world and the problem with the church is and the problem with a lot of people that go to church, they think they're better than everybody else. But we're just a bunch of eggs. Some eggs are harder than others. But we're just a bunch of eggs. I wanted to hide my past, but God wanted to redeem it. He knew that my story would connect with young people. He knew that my story would connect with couples. He knew that my past would connect with people. And I've learned if we'll do a few things, I'm done. It's only 11 o'clock. Listen to me. If we'll do a few things, just a few things, God can take our mess and turn it into a message. Number one, if we face it. Whatever you're going through this morning, if you face it, God can fix it. If you I wish I had a giant mirror right here where I could say, what is going on in your life this morning, Tommy Lott, that you need to face? What is going on in your life, Mike Wise? You know what's not right. What is going on that you need to face it? Because you can't fix it unless you face it. You can hide behind pornography. You can hide behind lies. You can hide behind thievery. But until you face it, you can't fix it. Somebody say amen if you believe me this morning. <laughs> this is good stuff. You might be asleep, but I'm wide awake. God knows your mistakes, so you can't hide it. You can't run from it. But if you put a mirror up there and you face it, if, if you want God to use you, you got to face it. He wants you to own up to it. Not to condemn you, but to bring you to your need. He didn't condemn that woman at the well. He told her her sin so she could face it. What did she do after he told her? Watch, ladies, listen. She said, I want a different life. Give me this water. I'll take it so I'll never thirst again. In John 4, Jesus called the Samaritan woman for having five husbands and for living with someone who wasn't her husband. Did he give her a tongue lashing? No, he told her he had something different. I, I'm going to tell you this morning, there's something different for you. <laughs> Touch somebody and say there's something different for you. But we have to face it. We need Jesus. And like the woman at the well, we have to invite him in. She said, where did I get this? You know what that's saying? She's just inviting him. Where can I get this water where I'll never thirst again? You Number one, you have to face it. Number two, you have to invite him into your life. If you want a good marriage, you've got to invite him into your marriage. If you want to raise your kids in a Christian home, you've got to invite him into your home. I preached a message one time about things in our home. That night I had a guy come to me and he had a big old trash can. I ain't lying. Big old metal trash can. It was filled up with alcohol. It was filled. It had vodka and, and, and Jack Daniels and Evan Williams. It had broken bottles in there. He had margarita mix. He had all kinds of stuff in there. And I, he brought it to me. He said, Pastor, here. I said, I don't drink anymore. He said, but that this morning when you were preaching, I want a Christian home. I had to get it out. 
I said, here, let's do this together. He said, what you want to do? I said, I don't want to drink this. I said, let's go put it over in my dumpster. We started to take the whole trash can. This is a true story. We started to take the whole trash can, and we started to dump the bottles, and, and, and he was trying to get his trash can back. I said, no, throw it all away because it's already been contaminated, and don't take any of this back to your home. Huh, that's good stuff. Invite Jesus in, just like the woman. God wants to put eternal life, a flowing life to you. He wants to give it to you. Ask him to fill you up with his goodness so that you can't help to let it flow out and somebody else receive it. The thing that started helping me, too, to get over my mess was to reach out. The reason that I wanted Bobby and Heather to give their testimony is so that they'll be able to be reachable because I trust them, because I love them, because God is using them. I want them to be reachable. So if you're here this morning and you've been through some of those things, I may not can help you. I've never done meth. I don't know anything about meth. I've done drugs, but I've never done any meth. But now you can reach out to someone who's been where you are and let them help you. You say, Brother Mark, how do I do that? You swallow your pride. You're ready for change. You say, Lord, give me the living water. There are several people here that understand what I'm talking about. Give me a praise this morning. You understand? You say, Lord, Pastor Mark is preaching this morning. Listen to me. Invite Jesus in just like the woman. God wants you to, to reach out. Find someone I could be used by God. When I got saved and I went to seminary at Baylor University, I, I, I saw myself as a pastor with a suit and tie. I actually I had some suits and ties, and I was preaching in a little country church called First United Methodist Church. Had a 1950 Oldsmobile Rocket 88, and any old person loves an old car, and I drive around, they look at my old car, and they say, let me tell you about Jesus. But when I joined seminary at Baylor University with a 10th grade education, only God can do that. I joined Truett Seminary at Baylor University, and Larry Gibbons asked me, he said, why don't you become a cowboy pastor? I said, no, I'm not interested in that. I need structure. I, I need something something that, that I, I was looking for professionalism. I was, I was looking for acceptance from other people that were called to the ministry. But I said, no, I'm not interested. You see, when I got saved, I sold my trucks, my trailers, my horses, and everything. Got rid of everything and just wanted to serve God. And when he asked me that, I said, no, I'm not interested. Next thing you know, I get a phone call from Ron Nolan, president of the Cowboy Fellowship, the Christian Cowboy Fellowship, said, we need a guy like you who's been around rodeo. We need a guy like you who's been around these cowboys and cowgirls. And you understand a smoker. You understand a dipper. You understand the nightlife. We need people like you who understand Jesus now can go tell these people that there's a different way. That's how I got to my spot. Listen to me. He said, only you can reach these people. Only you can reach certain people. We got to reach out to them. We got to reach out to them. That's why I tell you, if you work in my concession stand, you better have a smile on your face. I don't care if you got five teeth, all of them better be smiling. <laughs> better be smiling. Because only you, you're the front line of the church. You get to me. When new people come through my door and you're looking for old people, that makes me, uh, uh, that, 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 when you got to get out there and reach for them. 
telling my testimony. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the ones he calls. That's why I've been standing on that promise now for 10 years being saved and being used by God. I've learned to speak up. Don't be afraid to talk to other people about hard issues. Sometimes people feel as if they're the only ones going. Has anybody ever done that? Felt like they were the only one going through something? Don't be afraid to talk to people. Because you're not the only one who's going through something. And you're not the only one who's been through something. God knows, and that's why he gets us hooked up with people. And that's why it's good to go to church. Anybody that tells you that you don't need church, you don't have to go to church, they're retarded. This is a good networking place where you can reach out to people, where you can, you can, you can feel accepted for who you are and what you're going through. And, and, and you may have lost the love of your life. You may have been married for 25 years and that love of your life is now gone home to be with the Lord and you're sitting in your house and you're lonely and you're crying out to God and God says, get up and go to Caney Creek Cowboy Church and you get up and you come and you sit on the same road as another widower who's going through the same thing that you're going through and you get to embrace and lock up through the Spirit of God. And now you got somebody you can walk with. We started our AA program, our NA program, last couple of months ago. Why? So we can give people an opportunity to get hooked up with people who have been where they have been. Speak up. Don't be afraid to talk about the hard work. Sometimes people feel as they're the only ones going through something. But the first one to open up and share their heart, that'll be when God opens the door for them. And back to church, when you team up in a place like this with other believers who believe that Jesus is alive and in the miracle business, a big change will take place in your life. The living water will flow as we work together to share our messages with other people. When they turn to us, we'll have something to tell them that God can turn it all around. Who believes that this morning? It, who is standing on that promise this morning that God can turn it all around? <clears throat> I'm not going to call you out this morning, but I am going to tell you to stand. If God has ever turned your mess around and turned it into a message and gave you hope and gave you love that you probably didn't deserve in the first place, that gave you freedom. You were bound. You were changed to something. But God set you free. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just stand with me for a minute. If you've ever been involved in something that was so messy, so shady, so ridiculous, and God set you free, stand with me right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Mike, would you just play a little music back there for me, brother? I want to give you an opportunity to come to the altar today. And I want to give you an opportunity to just thank God for turning your life around. Come on, somebody. Get up right now. Just come on right now. Just thank God for turning your life around. Just hit your knees at this altar and say, Lord, it's because of you I have a message. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I'm coming this morning, Lord, just to say thank you. 
My kids were going down the wrong road, but they're saved today. I'm coming, Lord, just to say thank you. I was without a hope and a prayer, but I got it today. I'm coming to say thank you, Lord. Just come right where you are. Don't worry about anybody else. You just come. Stand up. Just come. Get out if God is telling you to come just to say thank you. I get up every morning and say, thank you, Lord. I don't deserve this life. I didn't do anything to earn it. I just believe. You come right now and your health is better than it's ever been. And it's a work in progress. You feel better about yourself. Come and say, Lord, thank you for my health. Thank you for getting me through that cancer, Lord. I hear you. Your husband's never been to church before, but he's here this morning. Why don't you come tell the Lord, thank you. <laughs> Maybe your wife had never been to church, but she's here this morning. Maybe your husband or your wife is on their way to church. Why don't you come tell the Lord? Thank you. Only God can turn a mess into a message. Father God, as we close our service out, we want to thank you so much for all that you do and all that you're going to do. I ask you, dear Lord, if there's anybody here that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, if they would pray with me right now. Let's secure your salvation. If you're here today and you don't know if you died and you'd go to heaven, you want to secure that today, you have to invite Jesus into your heart. You have to let him in. Just pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that three days later you rose. Come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. Today I give you my life. You prayed that with me. Just slip your hand up. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just listen to see one, two, anybody, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you, Jesus. Nine. God bless you. Maybe you're here this morning. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe it's been a real long time since you said thank you for the living water. Maybe time and jobs and kids and situations and struggles has got you away from having a personal relationship with the Lord. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord this morning. Do it right now. Just pray with me. Say, dear Lord, I dedicate my life to you. I rededicate my life to you, Lord. I'm going to serve you from this day forward. I'm going to follow you wherever you want me to go, Lord. No turning back for me, Lord. From today forward, there's no turning back. There's no turning back for me, Lord. I, I, I'm dedicating my life to you today. 
And I mean it, Lord. If you're here today and you're looking for a new church home, we sure love to have you a part of this family. And Lord, we thank you for all that you've done here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated one second. Amen. How many got something out of this message this morning? Amen. If you guys have uh, made a decision to follow Christ, there's some green sheets in your worship guide. If you'll fill those out and slip them in that barrel in the back, or if you made a decision to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you'll fill those out, hey, guys, we're not done just yet, cowboys and cowgirls. Y'all got to hold up. Y'all just leaving me way too soon. She said, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm just kidding. No, I ain't. I'm excited about what God did this morning. But today's not done. Today's not done. This is where the beginning starts. He's not done with you. It's where the beginning starts. So if you made a decision to follow Christ with your heart, you made a decision to give your life to the Lord, fill out one of them green sheets. If you rededicated your life to the Lord, we'd like to know about it. We'd like to pray for you from this day forward. Amen. And I want to invite you back tonight for our Super Bowl party at 5 o'clock and then a message at halftime tonight. I'm super excited that uh, you guys want to be with us and all that we do. And I ask you to come back, be in your spot again. Wednesday nights are amazing. We got an awesome youth group called Weird Teens. And, man, we're doing some great things in this community. So if you're looking for a new church, come be a part of us. Amen. Praise God. Todd, come close us out with prayer.